Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay from the Movie Proposal Podcast, and with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey there, Josh. Hey, Christian. And back with us is our trusty, dusty, researcher, extraordinaire, button-pushing guy, couldn't do it without him, Jason Rugg. Hey there. Well, you were able to do it last week, so. <laughs> well, we were, yeah. you know, but it wasn't the same. I mean, it really, I really missed you. I missed looking at you, hearing you laugh. I was very, uh, very sad your notes weren't there. <laughs> very thankful for your notes. Uh, so anyway, we're glad to have you back. I'll, say, I'll back. say this. We, we wouldn't want to do it without you. How about that? There you go. That that makes me feel okay. warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> there you go. All right. We don't need you, Jason. We just we want, want you, them. Jason. So, <laughs> no, of course we need you, Christian. Yeah. What is going on with the film? It Update has us. Been a crazy week. You know, the last week we talked about Hunter coming on, and I just want to give him a huge shout out. Um, I have been so incredibly blessed. I never expected in my life to have a time where my firstborn son, you know, who I raised and was this sweet little boy, you know, but who went away. And when he moved out at 17, I never really expected to have any time like that again. And since he's been here, it's just been so wonderful. I mean, relationship wise, he, we meet together every day and he's helping me with big issues that nobody else has had time to help me with and streamlining a lot of the business stuff. And it's just been an incredible blessing to have my child help me and spend time with me. And so I just so thankful for that. So that's been great, but it's been, I I want to comment you, I think it was on Twitter. Someone had commented how much they enjoyed having Hunter on, but really talked about how much you were glowing (laughs) having your son there (laughs) and be a part of this. And so uh, that is coming across to everyone just how great it is for you. So it's so sweet. It's so sweet. I mean, he's 30. I just, if anybody is a mom out there listening and you're struggling with your teens or, I mean, we had some rough years with Hunter and you just never know. I mean, I have four boys and I firmly believe that something happens at 25 where their brains come together and all of a sudden they're like rational human beings. And uh, just, of course, the military was a huge help for Hunter in life skills and development and things like that. But uh, it's just, it's just amazing to see the young man that he has grown into. So I'm so thankful for him. Very cool. All right. Well, we got some, uh, I know we got, we want to talk about film festivals before we jump in there. Are there any other updates we need to know about just distribution? Uh, um, no, no real updates on distribution. Um, but the, the biggest focus we've had to deal with this past week that's been super stressful is the fulfillment of the deliverables for the film festivals. So before I get into the exciting stuff, I want to talk about the business stuff and it's a lot of course like I never really understood or thought about. And while the film festival acceptances are thrilling and exciting, and they really are, like at, at one point I was thinking about not doing a film festival run and just going straight to distribution. But I have to tell you, even in the midst of the pandemic, being able to enjoy the fruits of your labor with other people 
you know, with juries of your peers at the film festivals is intensely rewarding because if we were just to sell it and it would go on Netflix or whatever, you know, there's no real audience that's enjoying it and giving you feedback and wanting to know how you made this film. And the fact that we have been accepted to some really awesome film festivals with stiff competition is incredibly rewarding and worth it. Now, the one thing I would say is I never anticipated how high the costs would be for doing film festivals. And that's what I would encourage first-time filmmakers to think about. When you're building your budgets early on, don't push off thinking about film festivals and distribution by saying, well, we'll worry about that when we get there. You need to decide, I think, early on, do we want to put in our budget money for film festival stuff and you know, distribution deliverables really should be in there. And it's kind of an unknown. You're sort of guessing. I'll give you some of our figures. Uh, the film festivals, the entrance fees range from $4, which was the Traverse City, Michigan Film Festival was $4, all the way up to $150. That's just for your entry fees. Then after you get in or when you're applying, they ask you to sign an agreement that says, by entering, we agree we will provide these these uh, deliverables. And they vary from film festival to film festival. But uh, in my experience, it's usually a DCP file. And a DCP file is a very specific file made for theater um, movie projectors. And they want a backup of a Blu-ray disc still. And we talked about the difficulty of getting those last week. And then sometimes they want real posters, you know, paper posters printed. And those are three of the th deliverables we've been working on this week that have, you know, made things very challenging for me. So... And I would say I haven't added it up, honestly, because I haven't wanted to face the reality, but because I didn't plan for this. But we have, a, we have applied to, I think it's now up to 130 film festivals. And I would not be surprised if I've spent $5,000 on just submission fees. And that's including when David came on because he is helping, you know, as a producer he, and he's been in so many film festivals before, they give alumni waivers. So that's even including his alumni waivers that he's brought to the team. So that's a lot of money. And most people, I would venture to guess, do not enter as many film festivals as we have entered. I think a reasonable amount would be anywhere from you know, 30 to 50. But as you'll, uh, right now, we're sitting at a 20% acceptance rate. And that's really you know, good. That's actually pretty good. And I will tell you, this week was the first time as I was getting rejections, and I got some uh, several rejections, including a veteran film festival, which still blows my mind. I'm thinking about writing them and going, is that a mistake? Um, but we got a bunch of rejections this week, and it was the first time I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because trying to prepare for the eight film festivals that we have gotten into has been almost overwhelming more than my team can manage. 
So I've been very relieved that we haven't gotten into more than we have, ironically. I didn't think I'd ever say that. Because what's happened now is we're starting to get festival acceptances and they're building up on one another. And not only does it mean you have to give them deliverables, but you then have to start with social media talking about where you're going to be and what you're going to do and planning all of those things. My husband said to me, you should be so thankful that we're in a pandemic because at least you can participate in these film festivals. That's the other thing. If we weren't in a pandemic, I would want to go to all of these. That means Illinois, Croatia, uh, LA, Boston, Utah, like all these different places. And I don't know that I would have the money to do that. I certainly didn't build that in my budget. So personally, I would be paying for that. So filmmakers need to think about that. And so let's talk specifics. This week, we had to provide a DCP, a Blu-ray disc, and two posters. So that's just deliverables. And these, I'm happy to say, are for the Boston Film Festival. And the reason we're having to provide those is because they have figured out how to have an in-person screening. So when I started figuring out, and they, you know, they were late letting me know we got in and late letting me know I had to do these distributors, what's the word? Deliverables. Uh, it also takes time. So to get a DCP done in this environment, we had to export a 4K version of our film, which took time. Then we had to upload it to Google Drive so that we could get it to our DCP maker. Well, actually, that was the Blu-ray maker. So we had to make the 4K file. We had to, to deliver it to our DCP maker by courier. And so there you're talking about an editor's time. You're talking about a drive. You're talking about a courier. And then you're talking about the DCP maker. So all of that cost me, and Bill didn't even charge me for that, all of that cost me around $800 just to get the, um, the DCP made and shipped for one screening for 25 people. So then they want a Blu-ray disc for backup. So I had to figure out how am I going to get a Blu-ray disc made? Well, there's a company called Simple DCP and the DCP maker is in Nashville. His name is James Thayer and he uh, runs Seek First Productions. So he's done a tremendous job with our DCP file and getting it there. And so the, uh, I found Simple DCP in LA that's used to turning these around. And I had to take our 4K film and upload it to our Google Drive, which took 30 hours. And then they needed to download it on their end before they could make the Blu-ray disc. Well, they were never able to download it. So then we had to, you know, give them a 1080p lower res version to do that. And all of that upload and download time can take a lot of time. Files can fail. Uh, all sorts of stuff can happen. And so when you're doing it at the last minute, you're compromising quality control. So like after you export your things, you should check them to make sure there are no glitches or mistakes. And then we're having to expedite and ship them to Boston. Boston also wanted two posters. So I had to find, and they wanted 27 by 40. So I had to find a print supplier 
that would make them quickly and ship them to Boston in time for the film festival next week. So all of that whole thing has cost me lots of time. I've had to watch it and manage all of that very carefully and about $1,300. And that's before I've ever even gone to Boston. So I just want to encourage first-time filmmakers to think about those costs and issues ahead of time when you're starting to submit to film festivals. So that's my little lesson on that. Um, the other thing that we've had to do since all these festivals are virtual, and I don't think this is going to change. I think now that festivals have worked this out, they're going to always have a virtual component because it expands their reach. With all of those, we've had distribution deliverables that aren't hard copy stuff, but it's time and making sure that your files are the right size. So for all the other virtual film, film festivals, we've had to tailor our film to each film festival's specifications, different sizes, file sizes, etc. We've had to upload them to different portals on different timelines and give them photos and our trailers. So we did put together a site on our website that says press and in the press page, you can download, you know, the trailers and the photos and anything that people would need. So at least we can just send a link now. We kind of got all that machine worked out. But uh, that's definitely something to think about when you're planning out your schedule and your money. Um, but in the midst of all of that difficulty, there was a very fun story that happened. And that was, I was trying to uh, get these posters made as fast as I could with good quality, low money. I Googled this business and it looked great. And I went to call them to ask them about a specific size and I couldn't call them. They only let me email them. So I emailed them and then I looked at another place where maybe I could call and I found this company. I didn't look at the name. I didn't look at anything. Their, their phone number was just bold across their website. So I called the number and this guy answered the phone and it was the best customer service I have ever received. It was awesome. He's like, sure, no problem. We can give you the size. We can have it done. It'll be at this. It was $50 for two full-size 20 by 40 posters shipped express to make it there on my deadline. And Afterwards, he wrote me an email and just said, hey, I wanted you to know I checked out your film and it looks so interesting. I, we're really interested in seeing it. And I said, really? He said, yeah, we're a veteran-owned company. And this is really interesting to all of us. And in fact, my wife's father jumped into Normandy. Our grandfather jumped into Normandy. I was oh, like, wow. are you kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> I think you need to be our, you know, official printer of the Girly War Freedom. Their printing company happens to be in the Chicagoland area. Get out of here. Wow. <laughs> it, it does. They're in Mount Prospect. It's, and their name, I should have recognized it was veteran owned. Their name is Simplify Printing. <laughs> so I just thought it was a whole, it was super fun. It gave me lots of joy. Uh, they were just phenomenal and they, they do all sorts of things all over the world. So that's the fun that happened this week along with, uh, it's been a really fun week to sit back and take note as things are starting to get more serious about our film festivals. So just to recap, our film festival run starts next week on Thursday, on September 24th. We're going to release this podcast on Wednesday just so that if people want to watch virtually, they can. Uh, our first film festival is the Boston Film Festival. It is our USA premiere, and it is 
the 24th at 6.45 p.m. at the Showplace Icon Theater in, right in downtown Boston. And it is going to be limited capacity, of course, but it's going to be in a theater. And I'm just over the moon about that. I went on their website and our film poster is there. It's, you know, the girly war freedom. There's our little post movie poster and our times. And that was sort of a surreal experience. Really fun. And then they're going to let us set up our, all of our like merch table and our uh, like historic artifacts and stuff like that in the theater. And it's going to be, they're walking a tightrope because in Massachusetts, they're very strict about their coronavirus, uh, you know, uh, regulations. So they're not allowed to have events. So there will be no red carpet. There will be no Q&A. There will be nothing but showing the film. And, but it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, It's a film festival that's working really hard to have a filmmaker's film shown and what they told me, I still won't believe it till I see it, is that we are opening the film festival. We are opening the, yeah, we're opening the film festival in person. Ours is the very first film. And there are only two other films that are even being shown in person. Oh, my gosh. And there are only eight features in the film festival at all. Wow. And... <laughs> It just was mind-blowing to me. She's like, yeah, we sent your photo and your story, you know, your film story over to the Boston Globe. Uh, We did with two other films that we're going to show in person. I don't know what they'll choose. So, I don't know. It's just crazy getting my head around that. Now, as it turns out, the executive director, Robin Dawson's dad, I think it was her dad, was in World War II and fought, you know, fought there. (laughs) <laughs> so we did have that on our side, but uh, still, that was just, uh, that's so exciting. And so Hunter and I are going to get in the car on Wednesday and we're going to drive as far as we can and hope to get there midday uh, at near the theater on Thursday. And we'll be there for that screening and then we'll hang out. We have uh, Tim and Kelly Johnson. Some of our friends live there. We're going to see them and then we're going to come home. So I'm super excited about that. And it also has a virtual component. So they told me that we're the first film in the virtual component as well. And we come on right after Jay Leno's, like they're doing an opening in Jay Leno's garage. So that's like (laughs) kicking off the film festival. And then we come after that. So people can watch the Boston Film Festival. Um, Their website, I don't think, has anything up yet, but it will. And it's, I think it's bostonfilmfestival.com org maybe or com i don't remember exactly um and you the details will be there when you go you'll be able to buy a ticket or a pass either for the film or for the whole film festival once you start the film you have 24 hours to finish the film so people anywhere can watch that film through the boston our film through the boston film festival the lady filmmakers festival starts the next day on friday september 25th and You can get details from that from all of our social media. That one, you can see the film all over the world. It will cost you $10. There is a Q&A that is after the Lady Filmmakers Festival with me and Bill and Jeff and Flo and Danny and Michelle Coupe. So that was super fun to do this past week. And I am also on a producer's panel for the Lady Filmmakers Film Festival. 
I'm there with several other producers talking about, you know, what's been happening in this kind of coronavirus era with production and things like that. I met really amazing filmmakers this week. So that was super fun. Turns out the, uh, the, one of the, the directors of the Lady Filmmakers Festival, his name is Mike. He's a veteran. So uh, we've got veterans in our corner at all of these film festivals. Uh, after the Lady Filmmakers Festival, we then go to Chagrin. And I got details about Chagrin yesterday. We are going to drive to Ohio for the festival. It's October 6th through 11th. It is a drive-in screening of our film. We are the last film before the award ceremony at the Chagrin Film Festival. So our screening is October 10th at 4.30. And they'll show the film. And after that, they'll do the award ceremony. We're hoping... Will be in contention for that. And they're going to, all the 70 cars will get in and they're going to uh, like announce that we're all there. So everybody on our team will come, we'll wave. We hope everybody will honk and say hi. Uh, we will get catering boxes that they give us in our car. And uh, we'll be there, our team will be there in Riverside Park during the days. Uh, we'll have our merchandise there. We'll have World War II artifacts there and just be talking with people from a safe distance, masked, uh, and all of that. And we're excited to announce that Bob DeVinney, the first-time veteran visiting Normandy in our film, is going to be with us. So he wants to see the final version of the film, and he, um, you know, we're going to treat that very carefully, of course, but uh, he's just going to be happy to be there. So... We just are thrilled about that. And then after Chagrin, we got accepted to the La Femme Film Festival in L.A. And that is going to be completely virtual, seen around the world. That will, We'll send out information on our website, but I think um, La Femme Film Festival has their own website announcing it. And then we got into the Red Rock Film Festival in Utah, which is in November. And I think it's uh, November 8, 9, something like that. And it, they're having a full-blown in-person festival at this point. I don't know how that's supposed to happen, but I am cons I'm considering going if it actually happens. And I, I don't have any reason to think it won't right now. I don't really have any other details about that. Uh, but it's been, it's been an exciting week, and I look forward to like, what's going to be happening kind of crazy. They, I do know too that the Lady Filmmakers Film Festival is setting up a drive-in showing in South Carolina in November and in Beverly Hills next March. So I think they want to include us for those as well. So that's what's been going on. Take a breath, Christian. I know. I'm talking. No, no, no. I'm just saying there's just so much good, good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been super fun. I mean, what's in, what's going to be interesting is I think in all of the film festivals, there are award components. And of course, we have no idea how we stack up. I did go to the Chagrin Doc Festival's website, and they have all of the trailers listed there that are in their film festival. There are I think 18 features and the rest are shorts and there's 101 films altogether. And I started watching the trailers for the other films and I'm like, 
I don't know how the world you pick a winner for anything in the midst of those phenomenal films. They're just so well done. Their stories are well done. They're all shot beautifully. It's a very high quality film festival. And I'm certainly glad I'm not in the position of trying to pick a winner. You know, um, because these film festivals are going virtual, I'll be curious to know, you know, a year from now, just kind of like the, the effects of that, because I'm sure there's lots of film buffs and filmmakers who always want to go to these film festivals, but you can't go to all of them. And now it's virtual uh, and almost anywhere, anyone in the world can see these films now. And so I'm curious to know if there's like a, a surge of, you know, attendance online because they're, they're available online, which is unique because, you know, a lot of these film festivals, the appeal is they're exclusive. I mean, a theater will only hold 300 people or whatever. If you can't get a ticket, you can't get in. Well, all of a sudden it just opens up and I'll be curious to see how that affects, you know, viewership. I'm curious too, simply because even though it's more accessible worldwide, you still have to sit at your computer or with a laptop and you experience all that through a screen. And so you have to take time out of your life to schedule that. Or I think tech is a challenge. Like if I would want to watch part of those films, you know, at a virtual film festival, I would want to watch them on my TV. And there are some people that know how they can easily stream it to their TV or through a different device, or they can hook up an HDMI cable to their laptop and watch it that way. But I think technology is going to provide a barrier. A lot of times film festival attendees are older. They have more money and more time to go to, but I think they'll perhaps be more tech challenged about how to enjoy a film. And will people sit there and watch the Q and A's on top of that? Will they watch the panels on top of that? They also like to go because they love to interact with the filmmakers. And the only film festival that's providing us that opportunity virtually is the La Femme Film Festival. Sony is their sponsor and partner. And I think their Hollywood has this component where they have these virtual screening rooms and they're able to host a live Q&A virtually, safely. And so I'm really looking forward to that because that's really the only live interaction I'll have with an audience virtually. And I, But I just wonder, are people really going to watch I well, I, I think uh, what you those challenges are true, but the audience is so much larger that a small percentage of a large audience pool is still going to be a large number. So I, I still think potentially that can be in your favor. Well, I hope so. I'm I'm excited that our friends, fans, and followers and family, no matter where they are in the world, are able to watch our film. That's just super exciting to me because they've supported us so for such a long time. And I do hope that our fans will, they have so many choices to pick from now for which virtual film festival they want to attend. So. Right. And, and you can't, you know, there, people haven't been able to go to the movies in a while. And this, this is like brand new content and uh, it's just stuff that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have access to. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. 
Yeah, me too. Listen, before we wrap up, which we should do, I would like to ask if you are listening to this podcast and it's been meaningful for you, you've heard something that's been helpful or you enjoy it, would you please leave us a comment on your favorite podcasting listening uh, portal or on our Facebook page? Uh, we would really love to have some feedback. If you have questions, please write us. Uh, you can write me, Christian, at, nor, at uh, thegirlwhowarefreedom.com, Christian at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com, and uh, I'll try to answer them. I received a letter this week that was super encouraging from someone that found our podcast. She's a first-time filmmaker as well, and it's been an encouraging thing for her, and that really meant a lot to us, gave us a lot of energy going forward. So if you enjoy our podcast, let us know. We also have new items in the store, and we're going to have a sale, a film festival sale, so keep an eye on our store. And we've got some other exciting content that we're going to be putting out in the next couple of weeks, so... Stay tuned. Awesome. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.